Blog Talk Radio. Black Politics Today. An eye for what's at stake in global politics. And your source for the social, economic, and political impact of public policy on the African American community. Your host, Kelly Michael Williams, is a political strategy veteran with an undefeated campaign record and the political experience that spans 20 years, from Mayor Willie Brown in California to President Bill Clinton in our nation's capital. So get ready for a fresh and honest approach on the politics that affect you and your family the most. Now, your host, Kelly Michael Williams. What a evening. How is everyone doing tonight? I want to thank you for tuning in and listening in to the show tonight. Um, I'm hoping that everyone can hear me. I'm having some technical difficulties with uh, my dashboard and studio. So I'm going to ask those of you who are calling in and listening in, if you could, in just a moment, uh, hit your phone for me and let me know that uh, that you can actually hear me because my dashboard has, uh, my switchboard actually, has just fallen off my screen and uh, now it's showing me some things that uh, aren't normal right now. So I pray that you bear with me as we get this show on the road. I'm really excited today, uh, as I am with every show, but uh, one thing that uh, many of you probably can tell and hear my voice when whenever I have a show is that I enjoy trying to help us find or or do things that allow us to better ourselves or increase or or do things that, uh, you know, just allow us to to be better, to do better, to have more. And uh, those are the things that, that, uh, I get uh, real excited about and, and really enjoy participating in because for me, it's about just wanting to make sure that everyone, excuse me, that everyone has a understanding, information, access, <clears throat> that you can, you know, realize some things, realize your dreams, and actually, you know, go out there and, and do what it is that you want to do that you're not uh, uh, held down or bound by what's really going on or what's happening. So I'm, I'm excited about what we're doing. I'm excited about how we're doing it and, uh, and what's happening with, uh, with everything that's going on. So I pray that you will just stick with this, watch us, and, and uh, be there for whatever, you know, whatever we're doing. You, you you hang in there with us and, and support us as we try to make sure that uh, black politics today goes to the next level and, and does some great things. Um, my guest tonight is going to talk to us about uh, securing our financial dreams and our financial future. It's uh, one of those things that uh, I know that we've all thought about, all talked about, but uh, we're not always exactly working to do it or we're not uh, always in the right place to do it. Sometimes we don't do exactly everything we're supposed to do. And unfortunately, financially, uh, we just don't get it done. So 
we're going to talk about some things, and, and one of the things that I'm looking forward to is, is hearing about exactly how to use uh, things that a lot of times African Americans, we don't necessarily think about, we don't bother even dealing with outside of our job, which is our uh, insurance, retirement, things of that nature. But he's also going to talk about ways for us to be able to use those um, avenues and those ventures to actually be able to uh, capitalize financially uh, on them. Because oftentimes we may do some insurance at the job or, or do uh, uh, as what they call term life or whole life or things like that. But he's actually going to be talking about uh, some other things that I think you guys are going to be interested in understanding and hearing that will allow us to really um, get some things done for ourselves, for our families, and start creating and thinking about legacy because that is what's really important is us to start thinking about establishing and creating a legacy for what's going on and for our families, for our future, and, and for, uh, uh, you know, what's to come, for us to be able to live the life that we want to live and, and have the financial resources that we want to have and do the things that we want to do. Without resources, without the ability to be able to do those things, you know, it can't be done. So I'm excited about it. One of the things that uh, hit me is I'm sure many of you have heard about the Twitter IPO that's coming out tomorrow and uh, the idea that, you know, it's going to go public and essentially create or, or make the company worth $19 billion. And all of us, I'm not like all of us are on Twitter. All of us are on Facebook. Uh, all of us are LinkedIn. All of us are Instagram. All of us are doing all of this. But how many of us have invested in those things that we use every day and those, those products and services that we uh, purchase and buy every day to actually benefit from since you're spending your money on it so much? How many of us actually have done that and are doing that? And, uh, and that's the thing that I want to uh, really encourage and talk about today because when I thought about it, when I saw it, and I think it's, it initially started out that it was going to open up at $17 a share or $20 a share. Now it's gone up to something like $27 a share. I think um, they're about to, they should have already released the, the amount. But how many of you, you know, thought about, let me go out there and buy 10 shares. Let me go out there and buy, you know, 20 shares, five shares, and invest in that because the truth of the matter is the things that you use, other people use, that's what makes money. And that's why you're buying it because you see it on TV, you see advertising, you see all these things that basically allow you to go out there and purchase these things, buy them, and it's your money that's buying them. I saw an article recently where we are spending $1 trillion as a people. African Americans are now up to $1 trillion in spending power, spending and buying. We spend $1 trillion, $1 trillion. I think our deficit is $16 trillion, $1 trillion, more than any other culture out there. And yet, our financial 
security, our financial future, is not secure. And I say that in a sense of broadly, because I think you may remember a few months back, we talked about our net worth as a, as a whole, and our net worth as a whole as African Americans is nil. I mean, it's less than $10,000 in what they're talking about there we are as a whole. So I'm going to take a break real quick here because I'm still having problems with my switchboard, and we'll be right back. If you get disconnected, please call back in, uh, log back on, and listen to us because we certainly have a great show for you. I want to thank you, and uh, see here. We'll be right back. Okay. Thank you for being so patient, everyone. Uh, I was having technical difficulty. My production, uh, my switchboard went down. I couldn't get to anyone, and uh, I was having just difficulties just trying to move everything together. So I thank you for being patient with us. I thank you for uh, holding on and staying on the call with us. Uh, we're certainly glad that uh, you are here and you're listening in. I see many of you there have called in and are listening uh, via your cell phones and listening on the Internet. So I want to uh, follow up with what I, what I was saying is that uh, I, I'm hoping that many of us will recognize and look at the idea that our financial future as African Americans is essential to what we have done. We have always been that that. that individual, that culture, that race that has essentially carried this country financially because without our spending, it wouldn't happen. And and unfortunately, I, I don't say that in a sense that, that that's a great thing or a good thing because truly we should be the savers, not the spenders. Um, but unfortunately, we are the spenders. And so since we are such spenders, we need to recognize that we have to teach our children and ourselves how important it is for us to secure our financial future. My guest tonight, who has been so patient and, 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 and holding on with us uh, while we deal with the technical difficulty, is none other than Mr. Anthony Stewart. He's an entrepreneur, he's an investor, he's a financial planner, and he's an author. He authored the book, Saving Middle America, Securing Financial Dreams, and I'm going to welcome him to the show right now. Welcome to the show, Anthony. All right, Mr. Wells, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, sir. Doing great. Excited to be on the good. call this evening. Good. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. All right. Good, good. Listen, I want to get right into it because I know... Uh, you uh, have some things that you're going to be taking care of, and I don't want to uh, hold you. I don't. I want. Uh, last week, my uh, guest was in the airport, and she had to leave. And I know that you're you're going to have uh, your time limited since we've uh, been delayed in getting into you. But talk about your book. Talk about what it means to secure financial dreams. All right, I'd be glad to. I, uh, in fact, I was a co-author of the book, and. Um, you know, when we put the book together, we really wanted it to be something that everybody could understand. 
uh, not somebody that kind of felt that they had to have a Ph.D. in financial information. We wanted it to be so simple that even a high school student could take a look at it. But uh, one of the things that you were alluding to earlier is, is our financial future and how much we spend, 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 and, you know, we don't put ourselves at the head of that line. So my, my thing is this, is when you get your check, you know, we have to ask ourselves, should we be at the beginning of the line or at the end of the line? Because of Verizon and Apple or whoever else we're buying all these products from, they're not going to be there to help us when we get old and can't work anymore. So when we're talking about securing your financial dreams, I mean, we got to do that on a daily basis. Just kind of watch the way we're spending our money and uh, and start paying ourselves first so that when that rainy day comes, we won't be so stressed out, so worried about where this next check is coming from. So that's what I mean by uh, and middle America really needs to hear that. And especially now, based yeah. on what we've just came out of with the government furlough. Right. And, and in your book, you talk about the Starbucks and the morning coffee and, and, and doing the routine and how much you can spend on, a, on a, a daily basis and how even that can add up. Because, I mean, I think about it, essentially, um, if I stop at Starbucks and I get me a coffee, an oatmeal, and a banana, it runs me about $10, maybe $11, depending on if they charge me tax or don't charge me tax, or if they're being nice to me that day. So it may cost me $10. If I'm doing that, if I'm doing that every day, that's $50 a week. Not mm-hmm. to mention what I may be spending at lunchtime, you know, if I'm, if I'm going out to lunch. So even if I'm spending another $10, that's $20. That's a hundred dollars a week that I'm spending that's going out. When mm-hmm. if I were to just take my lunch with me, or if I spend that ten dollars for lunch but I don't drink that coffee, and I take that fifty dollars a week and put it in one of your programs, or put it in the bank, or put it somewhere where I can save it. At the end of the month, I got two hundred dollars saved if that's fifty dollars a week. Mm-hmm. Right. So, talk to me about that. How, I mean, help us get our mind around it, so we don't think that we have to have all this money already saved or already in the bank to where we can use it to invest. Help us understand that the little becomes much. Right. Man, and that's a very good point. Uh, in fact, uh, last week at uh, at Mount Eden Baptist Church, and that's kind of where I'm at now. I did a PowerPoint on the budgeting. And we kind of, and it's funny you bring Starbucks up, because that's exactly the main example that we use. And uh, and doing that every day, you, you're talking about almost thirteen hundred dollars a year, and that's just in Starbucks. That's just in the morning. We haven't even gotten to the lunch hour yet. And uh, we were talking about things, just doing little things, like for example, just taking your lunch maybe two or three days a week could free up an additional thirty to forty dollars. It may not sound like a lot, but like you said, over time it does add up. And you figure uh, if you were to do cut all of just a few little things and $3,000 a year, I mean, you figure that over a period of 30 years at a, at a decent interest rate, not even talking double-digit return, but just something like 55 to 6%, you would accumulate more money than what the average 401k plan has right now. And it's a time thing. And I think we got to understand that, you know, $2,400 a year may not sound like a lot, 
But if you do it for a long time, and, and that's where we got to get to is consistency. It's systematic. The easiest way to say it, it has to be systematic. It can't be every two right. or three months. It has to be systematic. And that's the first step to just uh, getting on the habit of paying yourself first. Okay. Well, talk to us about a couple of the programs. I know when you came to our church, you talked about um, universal life versus whole life versus term life. And, and, and I don't want you to get into the weeds because a lot of, I know the listeners, when they think about insurance, they're like, oh, God, you know, it's so boring. It's so unnecessary. But but the one thing that we do have to impress and teach our people is that, one, we all need life insurance because, unfortunately, and we see it every month, every week, all the time, when we go to our church and it's a funeral and they have to struggle to even be able to bury their loved one because they didn't have life insurance or they didn't have enough of it, or they didn't know where it was, or whatever the case is, nine times out of ten, and usually ten out of ten, they didn't have life insurance, and they call in the church asking, can you help? We need help, and they're struggling just to buy a casket and put their loved one in the ground. Help us understand how vitally important it is to have at least twenty or $25,000 worth of life insurance so you can at least bury your loved one decently, um, and, and and at least, you know, have something left over to take care of whatever you need to take care of. Okay, I'd be glad to. I think, first of all, uh, we have to realize that uh, life insurance is, is, I mean, it is a necessity. I mean, actually, when you, when you talk about building a financial house, thing that needs to go down because that's the foundation of it all. And then, you know, and when you really look at it, and if you love somebody and you owe somebody, you should have a certain amount. I mean, at least 10 to 12 times your salary, and in some cases, even more than that. So in this day and time, it's not even enough just to leave enough just to be buried and then leave somebody with a couple of mortgage payments. And the Bible talks about that. In Proverbs 13 and 22, it talks about uh, leaving an inheritance not only for your children, but also your children's children. So 25 exactly. to 30,000 is not enough, and that's for starters. Right. And that's right. just, now, if it happens today, yeah, you can bury somebody and have maybe 10000 left over. But inflation and the cost of doing things, the cost of a funeral 20 years from now will probably be $25,000, just like everything else goes up. So right. uh, so we got to look at it from a different set of lenses and stop looking at life insurances for somebody else. If you get the right kind and you structure it properly, it could be one of the best tax programs that you can come across if you structure it right and you set it up right in the very beginning. And that's where I wanted you to lead us into is into the point of not only a tax structure to help us and benefit us from paying taxes, but also from a income generator and possibly uh, um, a financial nest egg, if you will, that we can use um, to do investments, to do uh, other things that we may need to do. Talk about that for us as well. Exactly. exactly. Uh, a lot of people are not aware of this, aware of this Mr. Williams, but, uh, you know, when you look at the different types, of course, term, that just means you're renting the coverage. Uh, whole life, you know, it takes a very long time to build up cash. But most people aren't aware of there are some tax laws that Congress put in place, especially for universal life insurance. And the reason why they did it for universal life because it's very close to 
a regular investment, the emphasis is on the cash buildup. But it's growing tax deferred just like it would your regular tax qualified plan, the EIF, thrift uh, savings, 401k. But more importantly, um, the money can come out of the program tax free. And, and that's what people are, are not aware of. It's a, the wealthy people use this as a tax shelter. And in our book on page 20, according to the Wall Street Journal, we talk about 55% of tax-free investment gains are owned by the wealthy. You know, so the wealthy people are doing it. And if you understand the acronym BOLI, B-O-L-I, Bank on Life Insurance, the banks are doing it. I think, little you and I ought to be doing some of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I that, that's how it works. And your book, you talk about the difference in permanent life insurance that always, no, permanent life insurance that allows the insurer after the initial payment to pay premiums at various times and in various amounts subject to the minimum and maximums. And then you say, in order to increase the death benefit, the insurance company usually requires the policyholder to furnish satisfactory evidence of continued good health. But when you're dealing with uh, um, this here, you talk about the uh, universal life. You talk about how it is used on the S&P 500, the stock market. Talk about you know, mm-hmm. how someone who might be able to invest in the universal life and not necessarily worry about the, the, uh, uh, what the insurer is going to do with the, in terms of requiring them for the health benefits of, of being able to get it, but how they can use that universal life on the stock exchange and how it benefits them in that, in that capacity. Good, good. I was glad to. Well, you know, the other name for universal life is called flexible premiums. And what you just said, you know, you can change your premiums as your needs change. There's a minimum right. and there's a maximum, and then what they call a target premium. Uh, but what I love about it, especially the index universal life, and this is where you can take advantages of the game in the standard and poor's 500 and never suffer the losses. So let's just say, for example, you've accumulated $50,000 in an account like that, and then the stock market crashed. Well, if you have it in mutual funds and stocks, of course, that value is going to go down. But with an index, they don't have your 50000 So we kind of like to use the phrase upside potential with downside protection. The word guaranteed became very important and high on everybody's list, you know, based on what took place in 2007 and 2008. So uh, that's the peace of mind that, that we have with the index-type product. Very good, very good. You're listening to Black Politics Today, and I'm your host, Kelly Michael Williams. And my guest today is Mr. Anthony Stewart, co-author of Saving Middle America, Securing Your Financial Dreams. So, so let me ask you, Anthony, give us an example of what it's going to cost us or what will it, uh, uh, you know, how, how much or is the minimum or what's the minimum that we need to have so that we can get this universal life or, or, or be able to use this and how we can start borrowing. You know, you talk about the rules of 72. You talk about um, paying yourself first and, and, and then uh, the, the various aspects of, of what we need to understand. Talk to us about that. What is it that uh, we need to, how much are we going to need to get started in, in being able to participate in this type of investment? 
Okay, good. Uh, well, for starters, it's all based on your age and your health. Uh, we can do a program for as low as $25,000 just to get started, or we can do a program for as high as 2 or $3 million. But what's going to determine that is ultimately it's a person's budget. Uh, we use this a lot, especially for our younger people, you know, fresh out of college, and they may not be, you know, the income bracket that they want to be, but they can take uh, 25 hours a week, which they're throwing away anyway, and they can start a program for $100 a month or $50 a month. I think the most important thing is is not how much, but you start. And once you start, they need to build on it. You know, but I would recommend – uh, I'm going to give you a good example. I, I met a young lady who uh, found me. Uh, I guess she must have Googled something or somebody gave her my business card. young lady was 23 years old, and, uh, and I was explaining to her how all this stuff works, and uh, I was recommending she get at least 250 But her response was, why do I need that? I, I'm 23. I don't, have a home, I don't own a home yet. I don't have children, I, I don't, and I'm not married yet. I said, well, one of the things you've got to do is guarantee your insurability. She said, what do you mean? I said, well, it's cheaper at 23 than 33. And now that, you know, her health could change. Three years from now or five years from now when she gets married, suppose her health changes and she can't buy that coverage. So what she did was, I mean, now she's okay because she went on and bought the coverage. So it's a, it's a health thing. You got to get it while you're healthy and uh, because that could change overnight for any of us. You know, so the main thing is open up the account at whatever you can afford and then build on it from there. Right. Now, talk to us about the rule of 100, because I, I, yeah. I noticed that and it, it talked about it. Now, it's, it's shifting. We're shifting from necessarily just the life or death piece of it to more the retirement fund and, and being able to access that, that income. Okay, great, great. Well, you know, uh, Mr. Lamb, there are three phases of uh, of retirement. Uh, you have your accumulation phase, and that's where most people spend most of their time analyzing, you know, where am I going to put my money to accumulate it and so on and so forth, and that's fine. You know, I kind of look at this thing like, like a football game. You got, you got four quarters and two halves, and in order for that team to win the game, they got to play both halves well. Well, the accumulation phase, that's the first quarter, that's the first half. But you've got to preserve that money once you get to a certain age. So uh, now as you're talking about, a person is talking about retiring in a year, a year or two, now it's time for them to get more conservative with their portfolio. So that's the preservation phase. So the rule of 100 says whatever your age is, subtract it from 100, and that difference should not be exposed to market risk. So if you're 70, you should not have more than 30% of your portfolio exposed to risk. And then the third phase of that is the distribution phase. Now that I've accumulated the million dollars, now it's time for me to use it. The question now is how much of it is mine and how much of it do I have to share with Uncle Sam? And that's what most people are thinking about. All three phases are just as important as the other. What good is it to accumulate a million dollars and I got to give five or six hundred thousand of it back in taxes to Uncle Sam, and that's what most people right. are not thinking about today. Mhm. Mhm. And how does that uh, now? How would they? Because most people are going to say, "Well, I have this with my job. I have, you know, a TSP, or I have um, 
a 401k or I have um, their civil servant, they have a, a federal employee's retirement. Uh, talk to us about the, the contrast and, and the dual benefits of having both. Right. Well, I mean, the thing of it is, and uh, I, I, I never recommend somebody not do their tax qualified plan, you know, 401k, thrift savings program, or whatever. But the key is just diversify. So many people are 100% dependent on those programs. And when you really sit back and think about it, they really don't own those programs. The government does. They tell you how mm-hmm. much you put in. They tell you when you can touch it, and they tell you when you can't touch it. And then when you get 70 and a half, you've got to start touching it again. And it's really for one reason, for the tax uh, benefit of, for the government. So the point is, if you do that, do up to the portion that they're matching. So if they're matching 5%, you put in 5%. You know, we talk about the smart retirement money order, and the first one is free money. Take advantage of all the free money. Take advantage of all the match. The next best thing is tax-free. So diversify and put some in the tax-free bucket. See, most people are skipping tax-free and going straight to tax-deferred, and that's why the problem is we're basically uh, growing our own future tax bill by doing it that way and not they're putting in more than what their employer is matching. And so uh, and that helps us out this year, but what about the future? Yeah, and I don't think, I think what I've learned in, in, in talking to many people, in, in, in especially those who are in the federal government, they never maximize what they can put in. They have $1,000 and they put in $100, they're only going to be taxed on the 900 as opposed to the 1000 which now reduces how much is actually going to be taken out because they're being taxed on less. And generally, what I've learned, at least in, in my own income and, and putting that money in, we're talking, you know, nominal figures, maybe that $50 that I've been spending at Starbucks in difference. I mean, it's never been no three or $400 that I'm missing out on because I can't still pay my bills or can't still do something. But when you start taking it off at the top, you learn to live with what you have left. And what I used to do is I used to put my 10%, or at that time when I was in the federal government, I think they allowed 13%, so it, or 12%. So I would do my 12% there. Then I would take out 10% for myself and put it in a, a, a savings, and then my 10% tied, and then I lived off the 70. And mm-hmm. it was like, or, or the 68. And I was still able to, you know, live because I wasn't, one, I stopped buying all them Starbucks, but uh, and I stopped going out to eat at lunch. I started bringing my food to, to, to the office and eating in the office and not going out every evening and, and eating and everything else. I was cooking at home. So mm-hmm. uh, there, there's ways that we can do that. Now, let me get your, your take on this because you do the finances and, and you, you're an investor. You talk about mutual funds. You talk about IRAs. I'm, I, I'm a, a, a mutual fund. I'm an IRA. I mean, I'm a mutual fund, uh, 401k, but I like stocks. I get excited about stocks because I've I've played with them sometimes and I've dibbled and dabbled. And I don't know if if you, you know, when I first started the show, I talked about the fact that we buy so much of these products and we do so many things, uh, but we don't invest in them. And in terms of 
our money being a part of the growth of the company, which means the growth of the stock. And I look at Google, it just two weeks ago went over $1,000 a share. And I look at Apple, everyone's carrying an iPhone, everyone has a MacBook and everything else, and it's six or $700 a share. And I wonder how many of us, you know, took the time to look, understand, and invest in these products that we use so much of that people are getting, I, I don't want to say rich off of, but they're making a great dividend off of every month or, or in their long run. What, what is your position on that, and, and, and how do you diversify our portfolio so that we can include some of that, not just in a mutual fund, but an actual bona fide uh, share portfolio? Well, my thing is, uh, and I think everybody is different. Uh, you know, the first thing we got to do is determine the person's risk tolerance. You know, I mean, if that person is just not a risk tolerant, I mean, not, you know, not a risk taker, then, you know, that may not be the way for them to go. You, you know what I mean? So it just really depends on the person's risk tolerance. Uh, the other thing is uh, they're interested in doing stocks. I mean, they need to be paying attention to it. And, and, and I think people really have to know themselves. And if you know, like, like yourself, Mr. Will, you, you love it. You, you, you follow it. But the average person probably will not. You know, so if they're not going to follow it, they want to play safe. They got to know what their mindset is and what their characteristics are. So I, I never deter a person from doing it. I just say, hey, you have to be prepared to lose sometimes. And for some people, that's a hard pill to swallow. So, uh, uh, and it's not wrong with diversifying. Like I said, they got to know their risk tolerance and, and know how they feel, you know, when it comes to losing. So um, well, my thing is, I, you know, I, I, reward, never invest more than you what you can afford to lose. <laughs> I, I will agree with you wholeheartedly, but I'll look at it this way. Uh-huh. Are you willing to throw away $50 a week on Starbucks? <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Why not go buy the Starbucks stock and right. risk whether or not you're going to lose that $50 or not and look at Starbucks at three or $400 a share anyway? I mean, uh, you know, my, my, I want to – you know, I want to I want to use your ability, and and let's do this too. Let's make sure that everyone gets your information. I want to make sure you get their information. If you're just tuning in with us right now, you're listening to Black Politics Today, and I'm your host Kelly Michael Williams, and I have Mr. Anthony Stewart uh, sharing with us this evening, uh, co-author of Saving Middle America and Securing Your Financial Dreams, and we're talking about how we can create legacies, how we can secure our dreams, and be biblically, uh, uh, I don't want to say sound biblically, in, in line biblically, by being sure that we leave an inheritance not only for our children, but our children's children. And, and legacy is something that we never talk about. Uh, legacy is something that we don't think about uh, because, I, I don't know, when I, you know, in, in talking to people, I talk to a whole lot of people all the time. Most people who are probably listening know I like to talk. I like to talk politics. I like to talk investment. I like to talk business. Those are the things that drive me, that turn me on to, to, to intellectually and, and, and really get me excited because I don't like to see us struggle. 
And there's so much opportunity out there for us to take advantage of, but we're not exposed to it, that people like you, Anthony, I need to have expose us to the things that we're not aware of, the universal lights, the, the, the different products, the different things out there that not only will benefit us, but will benefit our children and our children's children so that they can learn something and then take it to their children. They can learn something and take it to their children. And now we're creating a legacy. Now we're doing what the Bible has charged us to do and what we need to do. But more importantly, what is just right to do? Why leave the burden on your children to do everything that you should have and could have done for yourself to make them? They're already grieving. Why make them grieve more? Now they've got to grieve financially. Why do that to them? And I think that That's we right. to take advantage of some of this stuff that is out here because, like you said, the banks are doing it. The wealthy and rich are doing it. Now, they became wealthy and rich by doing it. We think, well, not everyone was wealthy and rich when they started, uh, wealthy and rich when they started, but, yeah, some of them were. Some of them had silver spoons, and they just kept it going. But we can do it, too. You know, we can do it, too. There's not a whole lot of black billionaires out there. There's only four of them, to be exact. But uh, there's a lot of black millionaires out there that we don't see and know. And how did they do it? Through business. They didn't do it working a nine-to-five. Mm-hmm. They, they created a business. They did something. Or they took their nine-to-five, and they parlayed what they were making and earning so they can then save up and put a nest egg in there to when they got ready to retire, they could actually have some millions there because they did take a risk. They did do a few mm-hmm. things to, to get beyond their comfort zone of what is just comfortable to do. So let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about that area as well when you're dealing with um, uh, how to take the minimal and, and maximize it. Because I, in your book here, you have like five things. I think you have a understanding how the system works, the 60-minute MBA. Talk about those top five ways to invest your money. All right, all right. Well, uh, like I was alluding to earlier, uh, uh, understanding your, your risk tolerance. I mean, I think that's where it really starts. Um, and just doing that, not getting too fancy. But just I think the main thing with those things is understand this is a time thing. And then I think we get hung up sometimes because we start late and then we want to make up for years and years of not doing it. And that's why we get into trouble sometimes. And then we get greedy. Right. Then we take risks that we probably shouldn't take. But we just got to understand this is a time thing. And the okay. sooner you start, and I, and I use three little examples. Um, it's just like putting a marble in your pocket. After a while, you'll forget it's even there. If you start when you're in your late 20s or maybe early 30s. But then if you wait till you get in the upper 40s, by this time you own a home in most cases, you got a couple of kids, that's just like trying to stick a baseball in your pocket. It'll fit in there, but it's going to be uncomfortable. And then right. some people wait until the late 50s, early 60s, that's just like trying to stick a beach ball in there. It just doesn't fit. So, you know, so the main thing is understand it's a time thing. You know what I mean? You've got to start early. It's never too early to start planning for your or even planning for college. 
you know, most people wait till the child is born. Well, you can do some right. things, something before the child is even born, if you know you're going to have mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say I've never known anybody to be upset because they have too much money to send their child to college. It's <laughs> 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 just the opposite. That, I don't have that enough. doesn't usually happen, does it? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that man. doesn't usually happen. Let me tell you, for those yeah. of you who are listening in and you want to ask Anthony a question, feel free. You can call us at 714-242-5143. That's 714-242-5143. And then hit the number one, uh, uh, the number one and, and we'll pull you in and ask you a question. So, Anthony, if, if, if the, the low risk, of what you're talking about, because I, I see in here you talk about uh, invest money from, you know, you can invest in precious metals, commodities, corporate bonds, saving bonds, treasuries, uh, exchange-traded funds, mutual funds, collectibles, different things that you can invest in. Uh, what What is the process that one would have to go through in order to invest with you? What, what, what should we do? Because we want to make sure that uh, you can get your information out there, and those who are listening will uh, actually reach out to you and, and uh, use you as your uh, source to be able to uh, to uh, get some uh, opportunity from you. Yeah, well, I think for a start, I am local. Uh, my office is in Lanham, Maryland, uh, right off of Greenbelt Road. Uh, you can give me a call. We can set up a time for a free consultation. Uh, my phone number is 301 794 Four two nine zero. I'm there every day of the week, and uh, just give us a call, and we can set up a time. Or um, if they want a free workshop, uh, we can come to your church, your civic organization, your fraternity, sorority. We can come to a book club, anywhere where there's a group of people. Uh, we have a team of representatives that are more than willing to come out and share this information. So we're always available. And uh, we just love to give back. This is our way of giving back. And I just believe the more you give, the, the more you receive o- over time. That's right. Repeat that, that for me one more time. Anthony. Repeat your number one more time. It's uh, 301-794-4293. Okay. We're going to take a caller here and see what kind of question you have. Caller, you're on the air. Go ahead. What's your question? Hello. Hello, Carla. You're on the air. Yes. My name is Stephanie Newman, and I'm actually calling to find out where can I get a copy of his book. Okay. Uh, we, um, you can do one of two things. Uh, you can order it from our website, which is savingmiddleamericabook.com. Uh, the book is uh, 19.95. Or if you're in the area, just stop by the office. Uh, 10210 Greenbelt Road, Suite 960, and that's in Lanham, Maryland, right beside the National Federal Credit Union. Or if you set up a workshop at your uh, church or wherever, uh, we can come there, and we may even offer a discount where we do workshops at. So there's a number of different ways you can get the book. Okay, thank you. And I have a question also. Where do you get the training to actually learn about what you're doing? Is there training to be in the profession that you're doing? How do you go about getting training? Because this is really interesting. 
Yes, we uh, um, actually we, we are looking for new reps. Uh, we, we believe firmly that you got to get the word out. Uh, I do a, a brief overview session every Monday night at my office in Lanham, and then we have training every Monday night. So uh, people always ask me, well, how long is training? I said forever because you want to be up to date on everything that's going on, so you got to constantly be trained. We do a lot of reading, uh, a lot of research, so that our representatives make sure that they're doing it the right way. Right. So okay, thank the right you so much. Helping the people. Mm-hmm. Thank you for calling, caller. We want to make sure that everything is happening the right way so that uh, they get that information because the last thing you want to do is put something out there that they come back later on and say, well, that wasn't true or didn't didn't do what you said it was going to do. That's correct. So, so thank you. So, Anthony, mm-hmm. let me ask you this question, which is always most important to me for what's at stake for us if we don't get our financial future in order? What's at stake for African-Americans? Well, um, not a good picture. We don't get it in order. Uh, we, we have got to. I mean, you, you're talking, especially women. And I, and I read somewhere where it said I think 75% of women, about age 70, are widows. Uh, they, they're living off of, uh, they're in poverty. And a lot of that is because some, sometimes in relationships, um, the, women, the woman will allow the man to do everything. And uh, I think both husband and wife have to know what's going on in relation to finances. And if we don't do it, and if we end up really, really in a poor house, what that's going to do is the crime is going to increase. Uh, you know, more people going to end up having to take care of other people. And, and that's, you know, it's not necessary. We've we got to do something. And, and, and we've got to put the sense of urgency of doing it now because we're never going to get any younger only healthier than what we are right now. Tomorrow is now, and we got to get started right. now. Right. You're right. You're right. And and when you talked about getting started, um, we talked about, you know, finding a comfortable level of, of what's available for you and, and how to get started. And I, and I want the listeners to understand that this is much more than just insurance and life insurance, but this is this this is life investment. This is something that you have to invest in yourself. The key thing that I know about when I when I used to sell insurance was pay yourself first. You know, when I sold annuities, pay yourself first. And I think a lot of times we do get away from that because we do think about the car note, the, the rent, the mortgage, the the Verizon, the cable bill, the cell phone bill, all these other bills that we have, we think about those first before we think about ourselves first. And, you know, the one thing about your bills is that they're going to be there whether you're alive or dead. <laughs> so, so, so whether you live it with the bills or you die, you're going to leave them to somebody else. Uh, That's right. The bills are going to be there. You know, they're always going to get paid. So why not pay yourself first and, and, and think about your financial future and, and try to start establishing and preparing for your dreams? Anthony, before we get ready to leave out of here, and I know I have to let you go, uh, give, give us a, a, a parting thought or, or, or understanding of, of what we should leave here tonight with to, to, to start thinking about tomorrow. Okay. 
I, I think one of the first things we have to do is understand what we have right now. Uh, start really looking at your portfolio. Look at your 401k plan. Uh, look, do a review of your life insurance. Uh, I think for starters, we probably just need to sit down and redo our budget again. You know, these are things you could have had in place for the last five or six years. But if your income has increased and you have increased how much you're putting away, where's that money going? Starters, we got to start back by just doing a budget again and just see how much money is coming in, what has to be paid. And in most cases, I normally find between four to $600 that most people can't account for. And if we do that, then you can increase these things. But I think it all starts with just redoing that budget again and really start understanding needs versus wants. And I think if we do that, uh, we can find some of this money and do a better job with what God has blessed us with. That's great. And you said that you do do uh, free consultations, initially initial free consultations for uh, for folks. So if they if they you know want to just sit down with you and get an understanding of where they are, do that budgeting thing and see where it is, we can get a free That's consultation correct. and then. If they want to uh, retain you or hire you to be their financial uh, 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 analyst or consultant, then you can then put programs together and help them and allow them to start saving and, and, and putting money away both for insurance and mutual funds, retirement, and, 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 the, and the like. That's correct. That's correct. And that's correct. So my schedule gets really busy at times, but right now is a good time of the year. And uh, I just feel that we owe this to the community to do these kinds of things. So I, I just I feel very strongly about that. And and real quick, just in the next minute and a half that we have, touch real briefly on mortgage insurance because I don't know if that's something that uh, I don't think that we even think about. And maybe I'm wrong, yeah. but do you find okay. that mortgage okay. insurance is something that a lot of people actually purchase? Well, we call it uh, mortgage protection. Uh, I think people get the PMI, the property mortgage insurance, mixed up with mortgage protection. The the PMI insurance, you know, you're required to have that up to you getting a certain level of uh, loan to value on the house. But people forget about the mortgage protection program so that when someone becomes disabled or someone gets sick or someone dies, that their family can still keep the house. You know, foreclosure has really... Uh, crippled the economy over the last five or six years. And unfortunately, the uh, uh, state of Maryland got hit very hard, and a lot of it was because of, we call it one of the three Ds. Someone died, someone became disabled, or someone got divorced, which caused that house to go to foreclosure. So mm-hmm. don't look at your regular life insurance and say, I got, I got insurance, and that's enough. You, you, we should have something separate just for that mortgage debt. And I think a lot of people are, a lot of people do understand that we've been doing it since 1996, but uh, a lot of people don't do it. They think that one program is going to be enough. So, uh, right. so we really need to start looking at that mortgage and make sure we can stay right. in our homes. Right. And uh, foreclosures have hit African-Americans the hardest, of course. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With school incomes and, and what's happening. And, and we have lost tremendous value. Because unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, our wealth building starts with our home because we don't have the investments. We don't necessarily have the insurance. Our wealth, you know, our our road to wealth starts with our home and our road to equity and and being able to feel like we're part of the middle class starts with that that home. 
and then when something happens, you lose your job, you get disabled, uh, something like that happens, you end up losing your home because you can't pay that mortgage. But if you had that mortgage insurance or mortgage protection, you can be That's able to right. do that. That's right. That's right. Anthony, I want to Gotta thank do. you so much for taking the time out uh, to, to uh, join us tonight and, and, and give us just a few nuggets of what we need. Give us your number again and, and your email address so that we can make sure that uh, we can get everything together and, uh, and let you go here. All right. I appreciate the opportunity, Mr. Williams, to share this evening. Uh, my phone number is 301 794 4290. That's 301 794 4290. And my email is Anthony Stew, S T E W, at Verizon.net. Anthony Stew at Verizon.net. That's great. Well, we'll let you go, Anthony. Uh, I'm going to okay. come back in 30 seconds to, to finish up and close out and give my parting thoughts. But I want to thank uh, Mr. Stewart for joining us this evening. I really appreciate his support and uh, joining us. So uh, we'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Okay, thank you. You're listening to Black Politics Today. An eye for what's at stake in global politics and your source on social, political, and economic impact on public policy on the African-American community. Now, here's your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Welcome back to the show. I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight and listening in. Um, Like I said, talking about money and financing and, and, and being able to establish a legacy, a financial legacy, creating a, a financial uh, foundation for you and your family. Those are the things that really excite me in, in trying to provide this information to you. Uh, public policy and, and the politics of things and investment, those are the areas where I feel that we are probably the most vulnerable and least likely to uh, take the time to investigate or, or, or look into or learn from outside of what uh, you probably do at your job or what uh, you may have heard someone say. I think, fortunate, unfortunately, we really have to pay attention and really look into uh, making sure that we're in a position to do uh, what is required of us biblically uh, for our families, but uh, also what we want to do, too. Uh, it's not so much that we have to work to leave something uh, and not be able to enjoy it, but we are required to work and leave something. Uh, unfortunately, too often uh, in the black community, we don't, we don't leave things. So it's important for us to do that. So I hope that you've enjoyed the show. I hope that you will uh, tune in again. We're going to... Uh, Change our times next week will be on Tuesday night as opposed to Wednesday night um, because of church and Bible study. So I want to make sure that uh, we accommodate those things and understand people's need to be there to where the show doesn't accommodate them on Wednesday night. So we'll be looking forward to seeing and hearing you on Tuesday night next time. And we want to thank you all for joining us tonight. Be sure to look for us at blackpoliticstoday.com. Enjoy.
Thank you for listening to Black Politics Today, an eye for what's at stake in global politics, with your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Until next time, follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook.